History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25 years old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with DJ Jansen, who is a cross-carrying evangelist, travels around Australia carrying the cross and preaching the gospel, winning souls to Christ. And uh, I've become Facebook friends with her recently, and I thought I'd better do an interview to find out her story. So, DJ, welcome along to History Makers. Tell us a bit about where you were born and raised. Okay. Well, good morning, everyone. I was um, born in Dunedin in New Zealand, and um, both my parents were Dutch, and I was fortunate enough to learn the Dutch language first, and then my parents decided to go back to Holland. So I lived there for 10 years and saw a little bit of Europe and then came back to New Zealand. And I think I've spent about 10 years in Australia now. Okay. I love Australia. It's a good country. And tell us about your upbringing. Did you have a religious upbringing at all? No, not at all. No, both my parents were very, um, I think my mum, if you even mentioned the name Jesus Christ, she would manifest straight away and get angry. Mm-hmm. So I was never raised with anything. But I always, as a child, I used to talk to God. And um, so I think friends that I've had, like girlfriends and different things, they've to me about God at times, but personally, I never. Um, I, my mum died when I was twenty. She died when I was nineteen, mm-hmm. and I remember asking my dad just before the funeral. And I said to him, "I said, Dad, is God real?" And he said, um, "I don't know." And it actually gave me a real fear in my heart because my dad knew everything. And um, yeah, from there, I just started thinking, "There's got to be more to life than this," because you know, mum was only forty-eight when she passed away. I'm 19, and um, so there's got to be more to life than just this kind of thing. And I guess in my heart, I really started searching. And I remember standing at the kitchen stove in a house by myself, and I'm peeling an onion. And I just got this um, revelation. This onion came from the ground. It's now being used for my food. It's going into my body, and it's going back to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And as I was... As I was having this revelation, this audible voice called my name, and it really scared me. At the time, I thought it was um, my mum calling me from the grave, but since then, it happened two other times, and it wasn't until I actually became a born-again Christian by moving to Gisborne, which is a little place in New Zealand, that um, I read the story of Samuel and how Samuel was called, and I just knew that was God calling me, and... um, I got radically saved in a church. Someone just invited me to come to church. And the same night, I just got filled with the Holy Ghost and been radical ever since. I've just wanted everyone to know about Jesus since then. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I'm always curious to know what your first church experience was like. So you'd never really been involved in church up until then. Is that right? Yeah. No, never been in any church. That was my first, the first time that I went to church, I... I remember thinking, I mean, I was expecting people in robes. I don't know why. I just thought they might be wearing robes. And, and when I walked in, they were people like me. They they dressed just like me. That was my first, wow, these yeah. people are normal. <laughs> and what did you think of the singing and the preaching and all that on your first service? 
Um, actually, the night before, I should just backtrack a little bit. The night before, the people who told me that they had become Christians because we were in the, kind of in the drug scene, um, and they said they don't do drugs anymore now, so they invited me to what's called a potluck dinner, and that was my first experience with men who they weren't trying to pick me up. They actually were talking to me, and then they had a time of praise and worship that night at this particular um, potluck dinner, and to me it just sounded like angels singing. Mm. And they invited me to come to church with me the next day, and I couldn't wait to go. And it just blew me away. Just um, So I heard the songs, but up until then, I had gone to the doctor several times because um, I think after my mum died, I couldn't cry anymore. But I just couldn't cry. Something had happened. And um, I come from a very, very abusive background where um, my dad became a Christian two weeks before he passed away, so they've both passed away now. And But my dad started sexually abusing me from the time that I was a baby until I was about 14. But I told mum about it when I was nine. And when that happened, even though she believed me, her way of dealing with it was turning on me. And dad turned on me because he didn't. He was angry that mum had now found out. So I learned to just shut everything off in my mind. So after mum had died, and I felt, I in some ways felt like I had killed her, is, you know, in my emotional state at the time, and I couldn't cry, so I kept going to the doctors, and I kept saying, all I need is just a good cry, and the minute, and they, they kept wanting to give me antidepressants, and I said, I don't feel depressed, I just want to have a good cry. Mm. That night, when I first went to church, they were singing this song, and it was um, a song that's called, um, Just Forget About Yourselves and Concentrate on Him and Worship Him. And when they started singing that song, all of a sudden, I just got this really, really strong desire to cry. And I said to the person next to me, and I just said, I feel like crying. Even every, even now, every time I think about how I came to the Lord, I want to cry, but tears of gratitude. And um, the person just said, well, just cry. And the floodgates just opened up, and God just started doing a healing. I cried my way through the, um, the sinner's prayer, and then I went back up again, and I said, look, I want to speak in tongues like I heard these people singing in the Spirit the night before. And I said, so I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And... Um, Overnight, I just started radically telling everyone, hey, everyone, I became a Christian and I'm down the streets telling everyone, oh, I've got Jesus, you know. And I was so, so fortunate that I ended up um, in a church that was evangelistic to start with. So I gave my heart to the Lord on the Sunday. On the Monday, they had a prayer meeting. On the Tuesday, it was a ladies' meeting. On the Wednesday, it was a home group. On the Thursday, it was a prayer meeting. On the Friday and the Saturday, it was outreaches. So that became my life overnight. And I was just, you know, I got such a touch from God that I was in some ways absolutely petrified of God because so much was happening and the Spirit of God was just touching me so much. And we're going on the streets telling people because it's in you, you know, you just, I mean, I drove people nuts. But for a long time, I was, I, God had to keep telling me, I love you, I love you, because I was just scared of him because wow. it was just such a radical change, yeah. Mm. And miracles started happening, and um, and God was so close. The first thing I noticed was that I didn't feel alone anymore. And because things were happening so fast, and I started crying, and God would start bringing back memories, and he would say to me, you need to forgive your mum. And it was like, but you don't know what she did. She hated me. 
I don't ever remember my mum telling me she loved me. She, I don't ever remember getting a cuddle from her. And God said, you need to forgive her. It's not because of what she did. By you forgiving her, I will be set free. So as he took, and it took about four hours, God was just bringing me back memories. And I just forgave her and forgave her. And, um, and God just started healing me and all my memories came back. So everything that I'd shut out for years, and the same with my dad, you know, and he said, you need to forgive your dad. I'd actually tried to commit suicide when I was 17, and I am so, so grateful that God didn't let me die, because that was before I was a Christian. I wouldn't be in a very good place. So I love God with all my heart. He's just done so much, you know. So I want everybody to know, at least know, that God loves you. So I will go anywhere, say anything, um, go to any country, I'm walking with a cross and people are coming up to me and asking me what it's about. And I just want to tell them, God loves you. you know? well, so we're leading people to the Lord and um, it's my testimony. Well, it's a wonderful transformation story. And uh, I'm just curious, so let's just backtrack a bit. I love the fact that you shared about you know, forgiving your mum and your dad. Uh, that is so yeah. important, you know, because, you know, there's a saying by mm. C.S. Lewis that we can forgive the inexcusable in others because Christ mm. forgave the inexcusable in us. Um, when, That's right. When we realize what we've been forgiven, we can forgive others. And um, So tell That's us a bit right. about the, the healing journey you went through because there might be people listening that have been through abuse as well um, who, who have never been healed of that. T- tell us about your healing journey after abuse. Um, well, the only way that I can explain it is, is how the Holy Ghost showed me was that, um, well, first of all, he spoke to me and said, you need to forgive your mum. And and I would have that argument saying, but you don't know what she did to me because, um, you know, I mean, abuse is, anybody who's known any kind of abuse, you know how it affects you. But it was by me actually just saying out loud, I forgive my mum. And as God um, just showed me different instances, and I just verbally said, I forgive my mum for, and just named it, I would cry, but I would notice the healing. And after that, I love my mum. And God just showed me, gave me an insight into what it was like for her. She didn't have God, so she didn't know how to, how, many, how do you deal with the fact that your husband's been messing around with one of your kids, you know? So those are huge things, and God just showed me what it was like for my mum. And I could actually have, have mercy for her, and I felt, you know, I really, I wished it was very different for her. I just had such a love and a compassion for her. and But it didn't happen overnight. It's Because um, I guess from the time that I became a Christian, all that time, everything was perverted. Mm. Because my dad messed around me from the time that I was a baby. He actually told me um, just before he passed away, he gave, you know, he got saved, thank God, that he said that he started messing around with me when I was a baby just become our little secret and I do remember trying to tell my grandma that she must have said something to my dad and I got such a whacking good hiding for it so you just knew you kept it to yourself Mm. so growing up wasn't normal growing up wasn't normal at all so let me just ask also so tell us a bit about your journey from coming to faith and then stepping into ministry it sounds like you got into ministry straight away did you I did in, in the sense that um, I got a passion for the Word straight away and I got a passion for prayer, which I just know is God-given. So instantly, I think with all the things that were going on inside of me, 
I'm, I'm a very curious person, so I just read every Bible I could get my hand on, every translation, <laughs> and I was in every meeting, and they would just ask me straight away um, you know, what I would share things, and you know, like different Bible studies. Um, it's just always been something just because you're so hungry and everything is so real that I was just always being used. And because I was a worshiper, I was so grateful for everything that God did. So I learned to play guitar. So I became a worship leader and um, ran outreaches, um, ran Bible studies. It's just something that I've always done. But now I'm not so much doing things in the church. I'm outside the church. I want So now that my kids have grown up, because I've obviously married and, and had children, I've got five children. I'm pretty sure you would have heard of a man called Kevin Mudford. Yeah. Mad Dog. He goes around Australia with his wife. We're all good, very good friends, and he walks with a cross. And he's always said to me, DJ, why don't you get yourself a cross and go through the towns? And, um, and I just said, no, 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 because I have been traveling around Australia since 2013, just going into towns, handing out tracts and just um, um, preaching to people, going into churches, stirring the churches up and saying, look, are you sharing um, Jesus with people? Because I can't do it by myself. And, you know, we all know what happens to people if they don't have Jesus as their savior. So for me, I want them to know. And um, I think only about a year ago, I started um, a cross belt, and that's what I've been doing, just going around town, and I've got a friend, and we together, we start, um, he's got a big cross, I've got a cross, and sometimes we walk on different sides of the street, and people just come up to us, and they just say, what's it all about? So because they've asked the question, the cross just opens the way, and we've got this um, saying that says, we do the walking, but the cross does the talking. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, and it's, you I've know, seen plenty of Facebook photos of you with the with the cross getting around, and you know I'm friends with Kevin Mad Dog Mudford as well. Yeah, uh, it's so good yeah. to to see yeah. that you are you know following in his footsteps, kind of. But you're really following in Jesus' footsteps, aren't you? <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so good, and and of course, uh, many would have heard of Arthur Blessed, who was one of the first cross carriers absolutely. around the world. Uh, did his story yeah. inspire you as well? Oh, absolutely! Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, I followed. Um, like I think even now, because he's—I'm pretty sure he's still around. That yeah. there's, um, he's still going on, and um, you know, like he's had to stop for a while because of um, ill health. Mm. But yeah, he's definitely been a huge ins- inspiration. It's certainly been inspirational to hear your story about how God has transformed your life. Now, there absolutely. might be people listening that have actually never heard the gospel, that don't know what it means to come to Christ. Would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond? Well, this is what I do when I'm on the street now. I just go up to people straight up and I just say to them, um, I'm just asking you if you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. And most people will say either yes or no, or they've been raised up in the, in the church. And I'll say to them, look, would you mind if I just said a five-second prayer with you? And they'll say, and, I, and it's not that I'm saying it for them, but I'm asking them, Say if they say to me, look, I don't believe in Jesus or I don't believe in God, and I say, well, would you mind if we just said that to God because God wants us to be real, um, you know? And obviously, I'll say to them, either really nuts or I found something that's really true, and because I'm walking around with a cross, and I said, and so I'll say to them, um, how about just saying, um, Father God, I don't believe in you, but if you really are real, 
please reveal yourself to me. And if you really did die on the cross for my sin, I would like to say thank you to you and I'd open up my heart to you and invite you in as Lord and Savior. And by 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 me just getting them to do it, the Spirit of God just comes straight away and ministers to them. And it touches them. And I am amazed time and time again how by just inviting people to say that prayer, even though they don't understand it, you know, um, Christians will say things like, did you get them to repent? When I went to church that very, very first time that night, I certainly did not know what I was doing. I didn't repent. I was just going with what the God was doing, the Spirit of God was doing on the inside. After that, when I got to start reading the Bible and I started pushing into God, then I realized my sin and I realized all the things that I needed to repent of. So it's been an ongoing thing. Mm. So that to me is the miracle. You know, like the gospel is the power of God into salvation. And by just talking to people how much he loves them, and I'll say to them, he knows the amount of hairs on your head. He loves you so much. I said, you've got no idea how much God loves you. And he wants to be your best friend. He wants to reveal himself to you. But the thing that's stopping um, him from um, touching you is your sin. And that's if you've ever lied or you've ever stolen anything. I said, that's what's... um, you know, we can't, there's nothing that we can do that can make ourselves righteous before God because we have all done things that we're ashamed of. And that's why Jesus came. He was the one that came and paid your, for your sin and for my sin. And he loves you so much and he wants you. He values you so much that he gave his life freely because he wants to have a relationship with you. And that's basically what I'd say to them mm. um, if I've got that much time. So I guess, does that answer your question? That's wonderful. That's very good news. Well, hopefully anyone listening right now, if they want to get their life right with God, uh, contact us here. Uh, Go to the website, historymakersradio.com. Send us an email. Uh, Contact us on Facebook. Search up History Makers Radio and TV. Send us a message, and we'd love to send you a Bible and some information about following Jesus if if you'd like to talk further. Hey, DJ, it's been so good to hear your story today. And uh, if people want to look you up on Facebook, it's DJ Daphne Jansen. You can find her on Facebook and check out the cross-carrying pictures traveling around Australia. God bless you. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been my honor. Thank you very much. God bless you too. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. There you'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League. They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry and they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. To Him be the glory of the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come, go to BibleLeague.com.au. Station sponsor.